you know, there's, I think for people that aren't queer, like the idea of coming out is like this big one thing. And it's like, you're out. And it's like, no, I have to have this conversation with every person I meet. <laughs> and it's sort of like you'll do like um, a par- partial coming out. I'll just take it a bit at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you feel about this? Cool, I'll come back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Queer Coded. Um, we're currently remote today. Uh, my name's Emily. My name is Eli. And we've got Duncan joining us here today. Duncan, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm a software engineer and mentor at North Coders. Yeah, just working day to day, teaching students on the boot camp. Um, and what were your sort of your first awareness, your early intro to tech? Good question. Um, very little, to be honest. Like my, until like a couple of years ago, my sort of image of what coding was, was like just the matrix, like black screen, green text. <laughs> like I had no idea. But yeah, so in terms of early influences, there aren't many. I think the matrix is a really uh, interesting one though, because I feel like that was kind of a, a touchstone for a generation of sort of what what the world of the internet and, you know, technology was. So I think that's a really... A really pertinent example, definitely. Not just for coding, but for like queer coding people as well. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. It's all about big long leather jackets and sunglasses. Oh yeah, that's the queer agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what was your, um, what was your path like before you got into coding and like what what got you to this point? Um, So I used to work in the early years. So like um, I worked in a nursery. It's very different to what I do now. Well, still sort of education related. But yeah, I just kind of just furloughed over lockdown, started messing about with stuff, saw some adverts for getting into coding and found out that it was actually surprisingly easy to make a website. <laughs> like nice. a lot more than I thought it would be. Yeah. And yeah, it all kind of just snowballed. Oh, fantastic. And was there anything that like really stuck out to you as being super interesting? Like what 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 was it specifically that like, grabbed you and was like, oh dear, this is what I want to do? Um it was definitely I was just messing about on free code camp, like with the HTML stuff. And I think it's just like make it like writing stuff and seeing it actually appear on the screen. And was there anything specific that drew you towards the North Coders boot camp over other boot camps? I think like a bit of word of mouth, like friend of a friend done it. But also when I actually started looking into it and like reading up about North Coders, just the sort of like all the values and everything and sort of resonated with me. It was quite, just seemed like the right sort of place. And in terms of sort of your um, your personal career path, obviously you've told us a bit about that. Um, do you feel like there's anything about being LGBTQIA that's sort of drawn you into this career path? I think a little bit, yeah, because in like my old job, it wasn't like outright, but there just wasn't as much acceptance of things. Mm. Like, especially from like um, some of the sort of older generation, like some of the parents that I dealt with. It was yeah. kind of like, I'm not sure I want to work in this environment. <laughs> I think that's fair. Definitely want to have a, a welcoming environment to work yeah, in. Yeah. Did you see that like as a preemptive reason for wanting to come into tech? Like, did, did that specifically? that idea of being accepted somewhere, did that sway your decision into tech? Uh, or was that a surprise? It was 
I think it wasn't like the main factor, but it was definitely, um, like I say, like just like when I saw the sort of North Korea's values and that, I was a bit like, oh, this sounds all right. <laughs> so it was sort of like, it was definitely a, a factor, but not like a major one. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, the values that we sort of espouse on the website are definitely something that we we really adhere to when we're in in classes and throughout the boot camp. So I think it is really. Um, I, I know it was something that drew me to, to doing the boot camp, seeing those values displayed there. Yeah, I think I think for me, I um, I was first introduced to North Coders by by a friend um, who who's non-binary, and I think having like someone who is queer recommend something to you, that's already kind of like a stamp of approval. <laughs> um, because, you know, there are spaces where you're kind of like, yeah, it's fine. But then if you, someone's like says, oh, this is a LGBTQIA friendly place, it automatically makes me want to go there more <laughs> than somewhere else. Um, yeah, like I've had chats with friends like, oh, where should I go to get my hair done? And they're always like, oh, this place is really like queer friendly. And I'm like, I'm in. Like that, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> I can definitely recommend um, a barber in Ancoats. That's too uh, far. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a barber called Riot Barber. Oh, okay. I would recommend. That's where I got my mullet. <laughs> nice. If you're watching Riot Barbers, um, sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, are there any changes that specifically you would like to see, like, in, in tech um, in regards to, like, your queer identity? Yeah, I've, I've not really got much to say, to be honest, just because I've not really experienced much. Yeah, I think we've talked about this already. Like, because we've kind of gone from North Coders Bootcamp into working for North Coders, it's very much like a bubble. It is, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's quite hard to, like, comment on, like, what's going on in other companies um but i think just the idea that we know we're in a bubble is like indicative enough where we're kind of like right, okay that there is some things going on here because we know that this isn't not necessarily the norm but the the common um like experience for like queer people in tech mm. yeah i think um sort of outside of of being a queer person in tech as well i think um i know that there's definitely a lot that still needs to be done in terms of inclusivity with sort of accessibility and that side of things as well. And I think that that is um, something that I always really think about in a big way, um, just sort of thinking about ways that we can make sure that our our code is inclusive to everyone as we're writing it and, and making sure that, you know, everyone can access as much of it as possible. Um, you know, not, not necessarily a queer thing, but just in terms of inclusivity, I think, you know, maybe um, being in a minority kind of makes you think about the way that other minorities sometimes experience the world, which is, I think, really important. Yeah, I know what you mean about, like, just kind of inclusivity in general and accessibility, that kind of thing. I don't know if you ever tried using, like, a screen reader. Um, it's a very... <laughs> I I remember... Um... It makes you realise, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, it's impressive! It's yeah. very impressive. I uh, I tried, yeah, I tried one for a, for a second. If anyone's not tried one, it's oh, it's so difficult. Like it's it's a serious thing you have to train with, and it it goes like what three hundred words a minute? Like oh, it's wow. yeah. When you hear it, you kind of like okay, I hear like some words here, <laughs> but there is 
it would take a, a good few months to a year, I think, to even get remotely usable for me. Um, so I have like huge respect for people who not only like need to use a screen reader, but can use a screen reader. I think that's so impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive, like how like what people can do. Because I was reading a bit about um, like a developer who who was blind, like and just codes, like no screen, no nothing, just a keyboard and hmm. a computer. Uh, and stuff like that. And it's, like, it's really quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it'd be really interesting to like see some of that code, yeah. just to kind of say like, not not like look for inconsistencies, but I mean just like because ev everyone has their own kind of coding style, mm. um, like regardless of like disabilities, it's it's more just it's a creative thing. So I would really like to see kind of how someone who doesn't have almost like the constraints of like formatters i, yeah. I know that they'll probably still use like a formatter or linter but like you know having seen that like so often you just kind of go right okay well that's how that's supposed to be structured i imagine yeah, it's like how, how do you manage without bracket pair colorizer <laughs> <laughs> oh god that would be horrendous <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah I'm, i know i've never even thought of that but like stuff like that is like very much accessibility based yeah it's all visual isn't it like, yeah, yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, like it's it's kind of marketed as quality of life, but in in a like a larger sense, like loads of that stuff was created for accessibility. Yeah, it's quite interesting when you think about it. Yeah, have you got any recommendations for uh, extensions? <laughs> um, well, I, I well, I don't think that bracket better colorizer is an extension anymore. I think it's inbuilt to be SK. Yeah, yeah, the post area. Yeah. I think it is. Um, yeah. I know. I, I quite like my rainbow indent. Just a bit more color as well. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw well. that for the first time the other day, and it's so so useful. It um, is, yeah, yeah. Like I know we're just kind of like descending into like, oh, what's your VS Code? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just thought we were discussing accidentally slightly queer. Um, <laughs> I don't need it for the accessibility. I just I just like the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you have you faced any? Um, any accessibility issues with being uh, non-binary, just in, in the general world, that you think uh, you kind of like dumbfounded that there's still a thing? I think it does take people a lot of like getting used to that kind of like idea of people being non-binary. Like I've not faced like massive difficulties. It's just mm. the usual sort of like you know people look at you and you're just kind of like clearly it's a he. Kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah, you, you, but to be honest, like. Um, from what I've found so far, most people are quite open to like, you know, if you sort of open the conversation like a bit, mm. they're sort of a bit more understanding. Like you do get your outliers, but um, yeah, it's been all right, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something we've touched on before with like the, yeah. like the trans experience in general. I know like you can't say like every trans experience is the same, but I think there is that definite thing of you start to kind of understand that like the, the best way to not like get respect from people but there are people who are just kind of like I, I don't get it like i'm not even going to bother but then you have that conversation with them like oh you're a person yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like it's just easier to let it slide like if you just want yeah. to reputation yeah i think yeah. that it, it, like that definitely depends on the day i think for me anyway sort of some days you can kind of be bothered to to um correct people when they use the wrong pronouns and some days you're just like, you know what, I'm just tired. I don't have the energy for this. You know, mm. I've got to go do something. 
but I think you know for for me I've, I feel quite lucky that I've kind of passed from that point into an, a, a different point but I feel like you know if you are non-binary it is a lot of kind of having that conversation with people again and again which I appreciate must be quite difficult yeah just like justifying your existence kind of every yeah, time you meet someone yeah. it's that whole thing of like you know there's I think for people who like aren't queer like the idea of coming out is like this big one thing and it's like you're out and it's like no I have to have this conversation with every person I meet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. passes people by quite a lot yeah and it's sort of like you'll do like um, a par- partial coming out I just take it a bit at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, let's, let's, just, let's just break this news first and then move on to that later. <laughs> How do you feel about this? Cool, I'll come <laughs> back in two weeks. <laughs> I'll just let that one settle in for a little bit yeah, and then we'll see how you feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I, I did actually find that um, people are generally a lot more kind of on board with making the effort to do those things when you have that conversation though as, like as you say Duncan that sometimes there, there are certain outliers but I think you know for me if, if people get something wrong and then correct themselves and you know yeah they've yeah. tried you there's know. a big difference between sort of like making an error and knowing it noticing it and fixing it mm. yeah definitely as opposed to like deliberately doing things yeah big difference mm. and definitely something that we can apply to coding as well there yeah <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of the, the wider world, is there anything that you, you think you'd particularly like to change that would make the world a better place? Like, well, this is something that's like, um, it is sort of going on, uh, but I do think can still be worked on, but it's kind of like something I've seen a lot just in the early years, just like, because you are sort of required, like, um, if you're working in the early years, education, sort of like, not have sort of stereotypes like not stereotypical sort of things and like avoid that kind of thing encourage like that toys are for everyone that kind of sort of thing but mm. um, a lot of the sort of difficulties that we faced actually came from like the parents so like the parents would like the kids would pick up stuff from the parents and then come back in and sort of like bring that back into the nursery and start telling people not to play with girls, girls toys and things like that mm. and like boys with long hair and it's just like it is, it is getting there, but I could do a speeding up with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems to be kind of more of a reactive thing as opposed to like a proactive thing. Because um, I, I know, especially like, I, I, I was quite well supported when I came out. So like, I, I know that um, pretty much mo- mo- 99% of the people around me were just kind of like, yeah, cool, great, super supportive. Um, but then I would start to see people still applying like gendered things to like their kids around me and I was just kind of like I know that sounds like really entitled and it's 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 half is but (laughs) but like some of the stuff that like when I was a kid and I had like gendered things applied to me like that really hurt me later on in life and Mm. I'm just like you don't know what this kid is going to turn out to be and not gendering everything about this kid's life is not going to hurt them but doing the opposite could potentially yeah um and it's just that kind of like if if you want to like say you're an ally and really push for like allyship and su- support kind of um queer people in general you have to be supporting them before you know that they're queer and i, I think that's kind of like a big disconnect between between 
the modern society as it is now. It's kind of like, as soon as you come out, it's it's almost like um, like a badge of honor to be like, oh, I'm an ally. And it's like, okay, are you an ally to someone who has not even come out to you? Are, are you still like saying these things about people even if there's no queer people around? Um, like, are you supporting, are you advocating for minorities when the minorities aren't present? That kind of thing. Um, and I think that does need to be not like pushed for more, but taught more because I think it's only one of those things that until we teach how important that kind of thing is, no one's going to know. Like, it's kind of that idea of like, you, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks sort of thing. Mm. Well, I mean, you can, but it's difficult. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so sort of like having that in education when like, people are young, and it, is, it is in progress, but yeah, it's just small steps, really. I think you can definitely see like a societal change already though. Um yeah. like the 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 more generation of children like I see, the the more accepting they are. Um so I think that just kind of proves it is an education thing. Like yeah. these these people are being exposed to the internet for like much more than the people of the past were, um, to much more people, to much more problems around the world, and it kind of creates that empathy in them. Um and you can see it in the way that they act and how they treat people and how they accept people. And it's, um, yeah, like I, I think like a good a good like example of it, I know it sounds really silly, but like in the film 22 Jump Street, there's um, a scene where um, one of them is like attempting to be a homophobic bully because they thought it was cool back when they were in high school. And then everyone's like, no, that's not cool anymore. That guy's gay, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and like, he's the uncool one now. <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah. I actually saw some kids outside of my um, my flat doing that. They were all kind of messing with each other and teasing each other. And then one of them just turned around and was like, she's being homophobic. Everybody, she's a homophobe. And it just seemed like this big group <laughs> of lads. And then they were just making fun of their mate because she was being homophobic. It was brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> but on the topic of gen- um, gendering everything, um, my mum has a really... Um, really good take on it um, about gender reveal parties which she finds infuriating <laughs> it's the last yeah. time that someone mentioned a gender reveal party she was like they can have the gender reveal party in 30 years keep me posted <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's like a good monty python joke for that wasn't there whereas they're like delivering the baby and the mum is like oh what's what's the gender and it's like a bit early to be imposing gender roles don't you think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I have a, uh, I have opinions about gender reveal parties. <laughs> yeah, especially when they like result in wildfires, <laughs> which is all too common. Honestly, like I think if if it's like it's like the Barbara Streisand effect. Like if you had just small parties, almost no one would care. But the fact that they have caused like wildfires and several yeah. deaths, like how how have you messed up this badly? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Duncan. Uh, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, yeah, hope, hope to see you all next time, um, and we'll, we'll have some more conversations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.